Welcome to the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. And this time around, I know it's been a while since I've actually had an episode. Um, I am, I get, I get this idea for some reason to talk about a certain horror movie franchise that just released a sequel. Um, <laughs> that is Halloween. And of course, the latest sequel, Halloween Kills. And uh, joining me for this episode is fellow horror movie fan and just all-around good human being, Candice Lepage. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for, for identifying me as a good human being, because we're not going to talk about many of those no, today, I think. No, <laughs> Yeah, um... So we both we we've both seen uh Halloween Kills, which is the latest movie uh in well, okay. So it's the latest movie in the Halloween franchise, which is the direct sequel to the 2018 uh sequel-ish of the Halloween franchise uh called Halloween, which is a direct sequel to the original Halloween from 1978. We'll get more into you know the the timeline and everything. Yeah, I think we call this one the Strode timeline. Yes, like the Laurie Strode story. Yes, as I... opposed to the Thorn timeline. <sighs> oh, or, can we, can we I mean, please not talk? The other about one it. is also the other one is also technically the Laurie Strode timeline, though too, because right. it follows her. When we pick up at H two O, so we got to uh, come up with a name for that one. We we could talk about H two O as well because I have thoughts there too. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we watched Halloween Kills, um, and uh, just to let people know, there will be spoilers and a lot of them. So, if you're not if you haven't seen the movie and you plan on it and you don't like being spoiled, stop right now. Come back after you've seen the movie. Okay? Everyone gone? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to say two things. Number one, I liked it. And also, <laughs> I didn't like it. I won't go as far as to say I hated it because I did not spend $14 on a movie ticket in order to see it. I watched it live or yeah, I watched it streaming on uh Peacock here in here in the US, which I already pay the $10 tier for. So I was able to see it. <laughs> yeah. So um I'm in Canada, so I could not watch it streaming on peacock and it's not on vod at all in canada as, as far as i can tell right. so i went to the theater um and i too liked it but what i will say is that i i liked it and i think that it is an incredibly well-made film and i hated the experience of watching it <laughs> i you know what i think you've summed up my I think yeah. I think you yeah. have actually more succinctly uh, summed up my my position on this film. Um, 
so the things I liked, I love the 78 flashbacks. Um, I thought, I thought that was really well done. Um, my question is, how did they get, how did they get the look of the 78 scenes to look like the 1978 movie? I mean, did you notice that? Yes. I mean, it looked yeah. like. I, I was amazed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did they so shoot this? In say... the, did they did they shoot this back in '78, knowing full well that John Carpenter would no longer be involved in the series until forty years later? <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry, yeah, I, I yeah, interrupted I think, you. Um, oh, that's okay. I, I I think we're having a bit of a, a technical issues, anyways, too, because you're you're sort of coming in and out. So. I'm... Uh, you know, I think maybe I'm interrupting you because I think you're done talking. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I also I, I agree. I really liked the '78 flashback stuff. I thought it looked really great, and I will say that it's, um, I've really gotten into a, a number of films that that play with the aesthetic, you know, that you know set a film in a certain time frame, but then also use so much of the the same like the the film stock the the technology they try to use everything that was like that Mm -hmm. like ty west is really great at this his film house of the devil Hmm. you know looks exactly like it was filmed in the 80s because he used even the same style of camera movements and all that sort of stuff and i think that that's really what they did here um i think the the biggest thing about these films, the David Gordon Green ones that I really like, is the fact that it is clear that David Gordon Green absolutely loves this series mm-hmm. in a in a really significant way, in a way where he has spent time really watching them and and talking about them and understanding you know why he likes certain things and what he wants to revisit because that's why he was able to recreate this 78 look and feel so well um because yeah i like it it drew me right in Mm -hmm. right away at the beginning when we went right into the 78 flashback i was like oh yeah, I'm so here for this and this is great. And it was really believable, especially because I had just watched Halloween 2. Right. So of course this completely erases the actual (laughs) Halloween 2 film and creates a new story of what is happening in the, you know, immediate moments after the first Halloween ends. Mm -hmm. And so even though I had just seen it, I was like, I'm, I'm so here for it. I want more of this, like what happened right after 78. And I believe that this is as as much canon as Halloween 2 is because right. I'm okay with changing canon. I'm okay with saying, you know what? Like this doesn't destroy Halloween 2. Halloween 2 still exists. I can still watch it. I can still enjoy it. It's just a different version of the story. Like Right. It's okay. Mhm. Yes, everyone. Just, you know, cal- calm down if you you know my childhood has not been ruined. My, mine neither. Um, I, I would say if anyone ruined my childhood, it was Rob Zombie. But you know, we, we won't talk about him. <laughs> I mean, we could. Rob Zombie ruined Michael Myers' childhood. Oh my god! 
he just ruins everything, doesn't he? Um, we we can we I we can make that. I think a... he brought a lot to the music. We we can we can uh, move back. We you know we could talk about that. Rob is a uh, postscript. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never I've never seen his Halloween two. So yeah, I watched it once and mm-hmm. um, I did not enjoy it. I actually did really enjoy his uh, take on Halloween. I liked it a lot. It was very very different. Um, it, it's not necessarily what I what I needed or wanted from. Halloween, but I think it was good. But yeah, Halloween too. I was like, mm, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, well, Went off it, the rails. Even his first one, it's like you know, see, see, uh, see, House of a Thousand Corpses, and you pretty much have seen everything Rob Zombie has ever done. Uh, it's it's all the same people, all the same acting. We and uh, that is one. I am one hundred percent okay with that. I've never seen actually any other Rob Zombie film except the two Halloween ones. But I will say right here, right now, I have zero problem with a person who is a director who hires all the same people and makes the same movie over and over again, and people go see it. I'm like, why not? Why not? If you can do that, then do it. More power to you. Uh. I I honestly just think it lacks imagination. <laughs> but again, you know, yeah. Uh so where where okay, so Halloween kills um I like Yeah, so 78. the 78 flashback was great. Oh yeah. And then it changed fairly quickly to a really weird um open stage I don't know what you do as an adult, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 40, 50, 60 year old adult person in on Halloween night. But I can tell you, I don't go to an open stage where people perform poetry and then like ukulele and then do some sort of weird alt-right shock jock radio. Right. <laughs> um. But apparently everybody else does. Yeah, I, I guess this is Haddonfield. Um, so I, I think this leads into my first. So my first major observation with the new series, uh, you know, the continue, the John Carpenter continuation, is that it doesn't make sense. So. What this, doesn't make sense? So this is 40 years after the 1978 movie, the events of 1978. And I, so I want to I want to jump back to 2018 real quick. Uh, I mentioned it in the in our DMs on Twitter. Uh, Dave was making sense. You know, it was. Uh, and so for the listener who hasn't rewatched the films yes. recently, Dave <laughs> is the friend of, um, what the hell is, Alice. uh, granddaughter's Allison. name? Allison. Thank you. Um, so Dave is one of her friends, mm-hmm. um, who I think actually survives, right? Like no. he isn't actually killed in 2018. Yeah. He, always, he does the smart thing. He no, runs. No, Dave Dave does get killed. It's her boyfriend, uh, the one that she's at the dance with, that does not get killed. Uh, he, oh, he gets, okay. So he after gets killed, he, in, did... he gets killed in uh, you know later that night. Um, 
No, that's a different guy. Is it? Yeah. So Dave, the boyfriend, goes no, to Dave, Dave the, is, his Dave, girlfriend's house. Yes. He got pinned to the wall. He got he got pinned to the wall, huh. a la Bob. Uh, from seventy eight. I don't I don't remember that. I just remember um, she was killed and she was screaming, and he did not go upstairs. <laughs> I thought he did. Um, I know the little kid. I, it's, the, it's possible. Yeah. The, the little kid definitely ran. Yes. Also smart. Yeah, because when uh, the sheriff uh, ran out of the house, they did, you know, they did the, let's let's stay in the house with the camera and pan over. And there was Dave uh, hung up on the wall with a okay. knife, with a knife through his neck. Um all right, I just, I mean, he was but, such a non-character to mm-hmm. me that I just didn't... He was he was stoner you know, guy, of course. ...care whether or not he lived or died. St- stoner guy, of course he died. Um, don't, don't all the stoners die. Um, Except so, in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, so Dave, as they're walking, as they're walking to school that morning says you know what's the big deal why is everyone so freaked out you know it happened 40 years ago and he killed three people well four people on that night and a total of five and you know i i thought about you know i was thinking about that it's like yeah why 40 years later would everyone still be like the whole town be up in arms about that. So um, here in Canada, mm-hmm. St. Catharines had a, uh, a horrible, horrible serial killer issue. Okay. Only three people died. Right. Um, so, so Paul Bernardo, Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Yes, I, I do remember and that. And believe me when I say not only St. Catharines... But certainly all of Southern Ontario and probably a fair amount of Quebec, because Carla Homolka lives in Quebec now, are still deeply, deeply affected by only three deaths. Okay, so I, you know, I grew up in Cleveland where, okay, crime here is, you know, I would say compared to like St. Catharines or you know, any, you know, small town, you know, crime here pretty much runs rampant in comparison. Yeah. And so that's the whole point of Mm -hmm. the first Halloween film. So the actual horror of Halloween is that you are not safe in the safest place, right? It is your small town, home suburb, your best friends with the sheriff's daughter. Like you couldn't possibly be closer to the person who is meant to keep you safe, True. And yet, and you know, you're you're in these houses, you're like everybody knows everybody, and yet this happened in this small town. And also a big part of it too is happening in the middle of the day, right? When mm-hmm. she's being stalked. That's the terror of it. You are not safe in the safest possible place in the world. So I understand why forty years later. People are still so so deeply affected by it. I just think that maybe they need to, they need, they're, yeah, 
there's obviously some other problems with this town because right. the way they've chose to be deeply affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, yeah, I, so, all right. So, so there's a little difference there. Cause you know, me coming from, you know, a, I don't want to say big city, but you know, a d- decent sized city, you know, major metropolitan area, we'll say. Mm-hmm. You know, where this really yeah, it, You know, you make a good point, though. This wouldn't like, be an afterthought to me. I mean, you know, something that happened 40 years ago isn't going to, you know, it's it's not going to resonate through Cleveland. <laughs> you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. name, name big metropolitan area, you know. The events of Halloween are not going to resonate. You know, they're not they're not going to be remembered. There'll be a footnote in history. That's about it. So, okay. So I understand that then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see, you know, I can see the point with that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the beauty of horror is that like different things are scary to different people based on where they are and what's mm. going on. And there is a lot of, you know, sort of horror that happens in, in bigger places that, you know, maybe I sort of go at, I don't, I don't know. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I watch a lot of, uh, obviously I watch a lot of horror films, but there are a lot of things that are sort of set in um, like New York city, like, right. you know, and a lot of the horror is actually more about the fact that you are completely surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. And yet Nobody is raising a finger. Nobody's doing a thing right. to help you. Mm. Uh, so, all right. So, my my first uh, my my first argument has been uh, you know fa- fairly well uh, at least countered, if not completely destroyed. Uh. Though I I also agree that they're teenagers, so of course mm. no teenager cares. Right. <laughs> um. Let's see. Um, the The other thing I notice in this movie, and I have to go back to 2018 to uh, to really address this, is, and I feel like the way people are talking about him, all the other movies have happened, except in they didn't. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like the the doctors, you know, what would make him do such a thing? It's like, you know, he killed three people on Halloween night 40 years ago and you're still, I, I don't, you know, at some point the doctor should have just said, I guess there's no answer here. Uh, I, I really yes. did not yeah. like the doctor guy. Uh, I, I thought he was a poorly conceived character. No offense yeah, to John yeah, Carpenter. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and then the same thing with the podcasters, right? It's oh, just God. like... <laughs> but I think part of it is... So, Michael Myers... Caused, like, I think a, a six-year-old who murders his older sister mm-hmm. is a horrific enough crime that right. people would be very, very interested in that. Right. And then the fact that he escaped as as the sort of original timeline so he that he escaped and then went on a killing spree mm-hmm. uh, does 
And and I think no, I don't think he had to kill anyone to get sort of his outfit and and get away or anything like that because he didn't kill the nurse and he just stole the car and I think Oh, he killed I uh, don't he in, killed in 78 he killed uh the uh he was either a tow truck driver or a mechanic. Right. Cuz yeah. uh Loomis finds the the hospital gown and then they like pan down and there's a dead body in the in the tall grass and the red the rabbit right. in red uh matchbook okay so now we're at two mm-hmm. and then he he stalks these um these people and he kills uh the two friends and the boyfriend which is three more so that's uh five people five people all total. in yeah and like f- four of them being like all in one night mm-hmm. and then tied to the fact that at six year old, he, he committed this really horrific crime and has been catatonic since mm, true. to the point where they're saying he was a model um, patient. Like he never caused any other violence. So it is really interesting. Like what sparked the violence the first time? What was it that went away for 20 years why did the violence s- suddenly come back? Hmm. Like the, I think humans are, you know, we understand, we understand anger. Um, not, I don't want to say that we understand like spousal abuse, but like we, we can't, we kind of do like we can, a lot of the violence that, that we as humans sort of see regularly in the news and when people do this makes sense you can sort of follow a line maybe it's wrong like we can say well that's that's a dumb reason to do that or you know here are all these other things that the person could have done instead of that but we can follow to where they got to a point where they decided i could either cause violence to this person or i could you know do something else and we go okay that's where the where the switch was that then they reached out and you know grab the butcher knife and, mm-hmm. and killed a person. But with Michael Myers, nobody understands. We can't figure out, like, where's that switch? Where's the thing? What was the instigating thing? And we're also incredibly curious. Hmm. So I, even though I think the podcasters deserved to die a million and a half deaths, <laughs> um, I do understand not only their curiosity but also the inevitable curiosity of the millions of listeners that they would have had to their shitty podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And And I will also admit that I do listen to some true crime podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I might have been one of the millions of listeners to their shitty podcast. (laughs) And it would have been (laughs) shitty because they were using terrible, terrible recording Mm -hmm. practices. Terrible. Uh, I mean, they're doing doing the narration while they're while while you're driving. No, you do that in post. <laughs> you do that right? when you're and sitting like, in front of a microphone. He's doing narration, and she's like calling out directions of where mm-hmm. to go and like saying things. I'm like, do you not understand how a microphone works? Like, he's talking to the microphone right now. Shut up, lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, they so deserve uh, to die. Oh, so I, I, I so agree. Much. They they. They they annoyed me, and and I say this as a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will say in that case, when we get to Halloween 2018, I understand what the instigating <laughs> incident was. 
where Michael Myers was like, do I cause violence to these people or do I go about my business? Oh, no, no, no. I call the, I cause some violence. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. So the, the other thing I, I and, and I, they do it in Halloween Kills as well. Uh, I also mentioned this to you. The mask as the talisman is like, I, I honestly, they have done this. They have tried to do this in every Halloween movie, and except for the first one. And it's like, the, the, uh, a mask is just a mask. And, you know, so, and when uh, I look at I'll, that I'll one, I scream. That too. What's that? You you go ahead first. Well, whenever I you know, I I scream when I see the original mask too because I mean it is Shatner. Um, <laughs> in case in case you didn't know the trivia, uh, the mask is a beaten up, painted, uh, rubber mask of uh, William Shatner from Star Trek. From uh, I believe it was the motion picture. Yes, with a weave. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so again, I'll disagree with you on this one. Really? So I think they introduced very early on that M- Michael feels that he needs some sort of mask to to express himself. Um and that expression uh, comes out as evil, but uh, evil and killing. Because right in the very first scene of 1978, we see from his point of view, first of all, and we see him watching his sister and watching the boyfriend and going upstairs and running the boyfriend coming back down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And we see him walking around the house. And it isn't until he picks up the the little like clown face mask and puts it over his eyes. And then we suddenly switch so that we see everything through the two slits Mm -hmm. that he picks up the knife and then goes up to her room and kills her. So the mask is part of his, his killing. The, the mask is a part of him and it's a, it's a necessary part of him. Similarly, later on in the film, he gets, um, shot by by Donald Pleasance by Loomis because his mask is t- is is taken off by uh, Lori. You know she she reaches for it and grabs it and starts to take it off, and he stops everything he's doing to put it back on hmm. because for him he needs the mask, and we don't know why. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why we're so intrigued by Michael Myers, we don't understand why the mask is so important to him, but it is important to him to the point where he had her, like, I think he was, he was choking her mm-hmm. and she grabs the mask and he lets go of her to put the mask back on and steps away from her. So Donald Pleasance shoots him mm-hmm. six times. Mm-hmm. Like the mask uh, is that important to him. Yeah. Seven, seven times. His... Seven times. If you watch Halloween too. <laughs> Sorry. That's interesting because the the lines even in that are, I shot him six times. I know. I shot him six times. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I remember watching. I mean, I did enjoy that. Go ahead. In the new film, um, Nurse uh, Chambers has mm-hmm. the, the gun that runs out of bullets because that was definitely, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> I, I was glad that. She ran out of bullets. <laughs> uh, 
So let's see. Um, they they did a good job with continuity between eighteen you know, twenty eighteen and Halloween Kills. Just I mean, were the were they were they filmed uh, in the same session or were they two different? They were not. Yeah, they were two different. So I did actually look it up because um, I was interested in knowing knowing more and knowing whether or not they had Halloween ends filmed yet because I am intrigued on where they're going to go. Yeah, um, me too. Because I don't quite understand how they're going to get out of this. But um, but no, so they did not actually film. They wanted to, but they just couldn't get the go-ahead to do it. Um, so it came out in... Uh, right, I was looking it up because... I wanted because I knew that it was supposed to come out in October 2020, and mm-hmm. because the content of Halloween Kills is so incredibly relevant to mm-hmm. the moment in time that we're living in, <laughs> um, it is a post January 6th insurrection film, mm-hmm. and it was written and filmed in 2019. Because hmm. nobody would believe that, right? If people right. didn't know that this was not filmed, like a year and a half before mm-hmm. the January 6th like insurrection on Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. you would think that this was a comment on that. Right. And that's what I think is so fascinating about this. Even though I hated the experience of watching it, yes, I, I much like I hated the experience of watching the insurrection, <laughs> uh-huh. which I think, <laughs> you know, is good. Um, it, it was just like, right. This is a reminder mm-hmm. that, all of this has been has been brewing for a while. Like this film nailed it. This film told us what was going to happen. Now, before it happened. Now, my uh, my biggest complaint, and you know, this is the the elephant in the room of Halloween Kills. <sighs> The mob, the 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 angry mob in in the hospital, that just seemed almost like. And I compared it, you know, talking talking to people. I was at a Halloween party last night, um, and it reminded me of the angry mob of the Simpsons. Just that. It, it was almost just a comedic mob to me, like that whole, you know, everybody run in the same direction after the, you know, after the person that, you know, people are saying it's not him and yet, no, it's him. So, you know, and you have doctors, nurses, orderlies, and I have a question about why... <laughs> Why why does Laurie Strode like grab an orderly and like knee him in the stomach and and like just knock him to the ground? It's like did she just feel the need to do that? So it's because Laurie only knows violence mm-hmm. as the response to any problem. Right. And this is the this is Laurie's problem. This is Laurie Strode's um, uh, uh, you know, outlet of trauma. What she did was take one violent act, a hor- horrifically violent act that happened to her, and instead of um, working on how to uh, 
how, how to deal with that, like mm-hmm. working on how to move forward and to stop being scared. Instead, she doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down on the only way out of this is through violence towards the aggressor. And so at that point, she was trying to stop because she sort of realized, I don't think that's him. And so she yelling, trying to get people to stop, going, none of this is working. Her only other tool is violence. Mm-hmm. Good point. And while drinking. But so so there's that. The other being, um, I have zero problem. I mean, I hated the way the mob acted, but I mm-hmm. think that they acted exactly, exactly as human beings did act we watched it happen we've seen it happen we watched the charleston march oh i know what was that 2016 we watched the insurrection on january 6th we have seen this happen over and over and over again and that is exactly how we as humans are going to act and we have to deal with the fact that we are horrible we are terrible (laughs) like unfortunately i think you're right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I will say, if you do want to see the comic mob, you should rewatch Halloween 4, which I will say <sighs> is actually my favorite. So the first Halloween, 1978, is not only the best film of the entire Halloween series, oh, yeah. it's also uh, probably one of the best horror films ever made. Mm-hmm. While I personally am uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of like my series if i say what's your favorite horror series i say nightmare on elm street i will say that 1978's halloween is better than every single film in the nightmare on elm street series which is hard to say because west craven is great and that first film is really good but halloween 78 is better than that <laughs> but then my next you know favorite the one that i will put on the most and the one that i tell people to watch is a halloween 4 <laughs> more because uh, just a lot of personal things. It was exactly the right movie at exactly the right time. But right. there is the exact same thing happens in that where the the mob goes, you know what? The police can't take care of this. Clearly, we're going to do it. And they are so hillbilly. <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, it's and I'm been, watching it. I was. It's It's been a yeah, long time since I've seen it. So. Yeah, I watched it two nights ago, and I was like, oh, I forgot about the mob in this, and why doesn't this make me as angry? And I'm like, oh, that's right, because they are a 100% caricature, whereas the mob in Halloween Kills is a 100% reflection. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, you, you're, you are destroying all my arguments. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is why I I loved this film. I think this film was really incredibly well done, and I hated it. <laughs> Because um, I think it did exactly what it was trying to do, and it made everybody uncomfortable. And people, a lot of people who are uncomfortable, are trying to say that it's because the film was bad. And it's like, no, it was it was supposed to make you feel like that. <laughs> I think it did exactly what it was meant to do. Um, this is uh, so. This is the first for the listener. Uh, well, Halloween and Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends. Um, are the first movies that John Carpenter has a direct hand in since the first one. Uh, he he co-wrote uh, Halloween two, but wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, we'll get in. We could probably get into that a little bit. 
Um, yeah. So I will say he did give his blessing to Halloween three. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, um, because it, it was actually done the way that they wanted it to. They're like, you know what? Yeah, you could do more Halloween films. Let's make it a like an anthology series. It, and he provided some music for Halloween three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Um. Because the the Halloween series, honestly, Season of the Witch was supposed to be, if I'm right, just Halloween 2, Season of the Witch. Uh, Because Halloween was supposed to end when it ended. Uh, Because John Carpenter likes an open-ended storyline. You watch all of his movies, there's always something that's just left open for the viewer to interpret. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about The Thing, which is so good. The Thing is on my list of uh, best horror films of all time, films mm-hmm. of all time. It is one of the three films that I will say is a perfect film. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is left on a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um uh, let's see. So, so the the angry mob is chasing after who who they think is Michael Myers, but it turns out to be the other guy who escaped the asylum that night. Uh, back in well, earlier that night, um, which would have been <laughs> yes, Hall- just a few yeah. hours before. Yes, I do find I'm like, can I just plot out the actual like what time everything happens because mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time believing that. Both of these films happen in one night, but mm-hmm. that's okay. <laughs> um, so they, you know, they they make it up, and um, oh, the daughter, um, what's her name, played by Judy Allison. Greer, which no, uh, oh yeah, um, Karen, which, which by the way, I am currently watching with uh, with Stephanie, my girlfriend, uh. Arrested Development, and let me tell you, seeing Judy Greer in a serious role is uh, hilarious right now. So <laughs> I just want her to say to Michael Myers, "This is the last time you're going to see these, Michael." <laughs> Could yes. you imagine? Hello, Saturday Night Live. I've just written your sketch. Let's see it next week. <laughs> a Judy Judy Greer in a with a botched boob job. <laughs> Oh my god this is probably only no it's definitely only funny to people who've watched arrested development yes. but believe me that was top quality comedy okay i i would like i would like to thank stephanie for uh for for what you know uh, basically forcing me to watch it uh it's not that i yeah, wouldn't have great. but you know to nudge me in that direction is great yeah. um Anyway. Yeah, but so back to Judy Greer's character of Karen in the mm-hmm. film. Karen. <laughs> where she right. did not lift her top and say, this is the last time you're going to see these, Michael. <laughs> yes. Uh, so she helps the, the other mental patient, like, you know, avoid the mob for a little while. Uh, they finally break down a door upstairs and uh, he... In a very graphic way, uh, falls to his death. He doesn't fall to his death. He, he jumps to his death. And I jumps, think it's yeah. very important to make that distinction. Yes, yeah, oh, he, he jumps. Yeah, he was terrified and knew 
what would happen if those people got to him. Mm -hmm. So he made his own decision and he went out on his own terms. He's like, you know what? (laughs) No, I am not letting you people do whatever it is you're going to do to me. He was terrified, but he, he took, he, he took charge of his own life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I cried a lot during that scene. (laughs) That was, it was, I, I'm just the fact that they did that, I think, is so incredible. They showed so much, which is impressive because at the very beginning of Halloween 2018, um, there definitely was a problem with their um, attitude towards people who have uh, um, criminal psychological problems. Mm-hmm. The, the portrayal of that prison and how they were treated was really, really awful. So hopefully, Maybe David Gordon Green got a talking to from someone because the way that they treated that scene in the hospital was really, really well done and gave that person a lot of grace and dignity. And um, despite the the <laughs> the visual oh, of yeah. it uh, afterwards, which I know a lot of people also had problems with, but I will say it is a horror movie after all. Mm-hmm. Um. So we we end up uh we're we're kind of towards the end now. Um uh, throughout well throughout the movie we have uh we have the bobs. Uh Big Bob and Little Bob, which I I kind of liked them. They were funny. They you know, they they're they're It's a, John. Oh, John, Big, that's right. Little John and Big John. Yes, that's right. They okay, I'm sorry. They were the best. They're the best thing about this film. <laughs> I would watch a whole movie about them. <laughs> But they, uh, their their claim to fame in this movie is they live in the old Myers house. Um, yeah, they're the only people in this town who did not deserve to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree, I really do. Um, but by the way, Tommy Doyle has the distinction of being played by Anthony Michael Hall and Paul Rudd <laughs> in this series. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I mean, I don't really much like the Paul Rudd version of Tommy Doyle either. For the love of God, just just don't watch Halloween 6. Though I do know some really intelligent people who love horror films who, you know, it's just like unapologetically Halloween 6 is their favorite Halloween. And that's fine. If you're into a cult uh, with some paganism, then sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. No, no. It, it's been uh, it's been so damn long since I've seen 6. Uh well, since I've seen 4, 5 or 6. Uh I've seen Halloween H2O a few too many times. Um No such thing. H2O I, is great. Uh I I have uh, my problem with H2O is that it it pretty much after H2O, everybody wanted to make PG-13 horror movies, which was like, kind of, they tend to be watered down. That's why, you know, that, well, to me, that's why a lot of like European and Korean horror movies started really taking off after that, because 
American horror movies or, you know, North American horror movies weren't doing it. You know, they were all, you know, they, they all wanted to appeal to the teenage demographic rather than, you know, me, (laughs) you know, and, and the, the generation X, uh, you know, love, love of good horror movies. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting because in Canada, we actually have, um, an in-between. So we have PG and then we have, you know, rated R for, for adults, but we have, uh, uh, the AA, which is if you're over 14, you have to be over 14 to go Mm -hmm. or you have to be accompanied by an adult. Um, so it's, it's always interesting to me to hear people talk about like, rated R versus rate like PG 13. I'm like, most of the things that might've been like, we had a lot of like scream was AA, like a ton of horror films in Canada are, are AA adult accompaniment. Meaning if you're 14, you have a, someone who's 18 or older, you just go with them. Like I brought all of my cousins to go see horror films when they were under 14 because they were great. (laughs) Also, like the few PG thirteen horror films I have seen are, are like, I think they're they're pretty good. Like Sam Raimi made a great one, Drag Me to Hell. I really liked. Um, so I have not I, seen. I have that zero one. problem with PG thirteen horror. <sighs> I think PG thirteen horror actually makes it more difficult on the director because mm-hmm. you have to be able to still make a good horror film without resorting to gore. Right. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, and, and that takes, that takes a really good director to do that. Um, sure does. even, even, even more is, uh, we're also watching, uh, the X-Files and they, they've got a few episodes in there that are, you know, pretty damn scary horror for network TV. Yeah. 100%. And you get to toe that line, you know, you, you've got to toe a certain line in order to make that happen so yeah like in high school i was part of a group of people like we would get together every friday night and watch the x-files together and it was like it was terrifying before we would go out to (laughs) the bar Mm -hmm. like you know (laughs) towards the end of high school obviously when uh sorry we can drink earlier in canada by the way um so well i i didn't i didn't start actually drinking scary tv I didn't start drinking till I was 37, so <laughs> never had a desire to. So, um, so we, we, you know, we're sorry, we're we're just, uh, you know, we're 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 all over the place. Uh, you put me and Candace together on microphones, and we're going to talk about everything. To be um, fair, we are talking about like horror. We're not talking about eleven movies because we're not really talking about Rob Zombie's movies. So no, we're talking oh God, about no. like nine films. So. Mm. And uh, yeah, we will we will be mentioning uh, Halloween three at some point here, but and I know people have a lot of talk, of, you know, pe- people have a lot of uh, thoughts about that. But uh, back to Halloween Kills, uh, we get uh, we're we're now towards the end. Um, oh my god, I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, that's right. Well, uh, so let's the, talk about Lonnie. Lonnie, the character yes. of Lonnie. Um. 
uh, who's uh, Robert uh, High Street. Why can't I think of his name? I can never think of his name because it's so like just sort Mm -hmm. of boring i always mm-hmm. like is it long street is it high street is it so robert long street i have it written down who is quickly becoming my favorite character actor so he plays the character of lonnie who is a um a new character uh that they create a 1978 backstory for mm-hmm. you know he came face to face with the boogeyman <laughs> or with the shape mm-hmm. or with michael myers depending on who you are in the film and what do you want to call them? Um, so they create this character, but because I was rewatching the 2018 and I was like, Oh my God, they really do introduce Lonnie right away. <laughs> like, cause we find out that Lonnie is, um, uh, Allison's boyfriend's dad. And in the, like in the, the <laughs> current film, right. you know, the, what the heck is the boyfriend's name? Um, um, let's see. Uh, this sorry, is how much um, I really don't care about the boyfriend. <laughs> oh, Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. So Cameron's dad, Lonnie, is one of the people who survived a face-to-face, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, with, with uh, Michael Myers in 1978. And he's part of the group of people who are all hanging out at the bar for the open stage on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I love the actor playing him. I just, he is so great. I want him to be cat in everything. And if him and JK Simmons start doing a two man show, I will follow them across the world. <laughs> uh, Cause that's how much I love JK Simmons as a character actor. And this is swiftly where I'm coming to <laughs> with, uh, with, I-, I will remember his name. Robert Longstreet. <laughs> it is Robert Longstreet, yes. Yeah. Come on, everybody's got to be with me, right? <laughs> like, it's a really, like, that's just the most boring name, and there's so many potential, right? you know, ways it could go wrong and to remember it. Anyways, so um, I'm very excited to see him in the film. His character, however, <laughs> God, I'm just like, okay, so you pick up your son, and... You know, he's friends with Tommy Doyle and he's part of the group that's like every 40 years or every year on the anniversary, we get together and we drink to Lori and we mm-hmm. talk about that one time mm-hmm. 40 years ago. And I will agree with you on this, that it's just like the survivors of this need to not get together every single year on the anniversary and drink and relive it. Mm-hmm. Like that is actually kind of not the best way to deal with <laughs> something that happened to you right but so his like his son calls him and they've been drinking for a while his son calls him he's like oh my god you gotta come pick me up you know the whatever so he drives to go pick up his son and then the two of them drive to go get his son's girlfriend so that the three of them can go grab a bunch of guns and go chase after michael myers and i'm like what kind of parent are you (laughs) honest to god even Laurie Strode is a better parent than you. Mm-hmm. Laurie Strode, who taught her daughter how to shoot guns and how to run and how to hide and how to use all these things, but yet never. <laughs> and in fact, even in the Halloween 2018, seems really apologetic to her that it's just like, I didn't really want you to be part of this. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I want Michael to come here and I want to kill him. I didn't really want you to be part of this. But you are, and I'm glad that you're prepared for it, and I always prepared you for it. 
but she didn't purposely like do it as opposed to Lonnie who chose to bring his son and his son's girlfriend the granddaughter of one of the people who is part of the 78 murders Mm -hmm. to go chase down a person and kill him what do you think you're introducing your 17 year old children to if you bring them on purpose to go kill a man (laughs) I don't care if that man deserves it or not and arguably I'm against capital punishment so i do not believe that man deserves it but that's besides the point even if i did believe that a person deserved to die for the actions they took 40 years ago i am not going to bring my 17 year old child and his 17 year old girlfriend to (laughs) take part in that what the hell man (laughs) why don't you tell us how you really feel uh Uh, I, I did say I hated the experience of watching this. Yes, film. yes, you did. <laughs> Everybody deserved to die. Every single person in Haddonfield, Illinois, except for Big John and Little John, mm-hmm. and Hawkins and Strode, Lori, every single other person, maybe the sheriff. The sheriff seemed really shook up. Everybody else deserved to die in this town. I agree. Um. So I, I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, let's see. Brian Andrews originally played Tommy Doyle. However, uh, Kyle Richards, who played Lindsay in the original, uh, 1978, mm-hmm. is also Lindsay in Halloween Kills. And I have found she's one of the housewives of some one of those housewives shows. Oh, really? Real housewives of wherever. Yeah, because everybody was going, oh, it's so great to see Kyle. What's her last name? Richards, right? Kyle Richards, yes. People are like, yeah, so great to see Kyle Richards and things. And oh, Kyle Richards. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I, I understood that she's she's a housewife. <laughs> yeah, real. Oh. From like Beverly Hills or something. Uh, Let's see. Oh, God, she was in Beverly Hills 90210. Um, She was in Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Apparently. And chips. Yeah, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's a Hilton. Oh, is she? Yeah. Wow. So Kathy Hilton is her sister. Paris Hilton is her niece. Mm-hmm. And get get this name. Nikki Hilton Rothschild. Oh, jeez. Also her niece. Just if you want to put a few more you know, mm-hmm. names of people in there. Uh, let's see. She was also in, she was, uh, younger than she was in Halloween because it was the year before she was in a, I, I believe it was a made for TV movie, uh, called the car. And I think that was made after, uh, mm. Stephen King wrote Christine. So of course you have yeah, to make, well, you have to make a, a movie to, you know, ba- basically it was before the asylum was uh, a thing. You know, you just made movies you know, loosely based around popular material. Uh, so. So, yeah, I mean, see. you know, it was great. And again, I come back to how much love, obviously, David Gordon Green had for this series that mm-hmm. he brought back Kyle Richards. He brought back um, uh, the the woman who plays um, Nurse Chambers, um, mm-hmm. Nancy Stevens. He he brought these actors back to give them, to put them in here. Right. Um, 
And then he screwed us all and gave them, like, really, like, just, well, to be fair, Nurse Chambers also died in H2O. So it's not like he's the first person to bring her back just to kill her. But <laughs> true. Like, he he did not treat them with the love that, um, you know, the the fanboys and by mm-hmm. fanboys I I mean that's a that's a a gender uh, non like I, n- you can be a fanboy without actually being a boy you just end up being one of those people who is so dedicated to the storyline you want to see that everything else is the worst mm-hmm. um, so yeah obviously bringing back Nurse Chambers and um, uh, Lindsay Wallace only to kill them really upset a lot of people i'm fine with it it's you know i was sort of like oh why did he even bother bringing them back but i was i was still a little bit not like getting the fact that everybody is horrible and deserve to die yet (laughs) all all i have to say i got there pretty quick all i have to say is as far as Lindsay wallace's death went you know at least she got two good hits with a bag of bricks. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. That was... Yeah, it was very, very creative of her. Mm-hmm. She, she, uh, she filled up a pillowcase with a, bunch of, with a bunch of bricks and rocks and took two swings at Michael before he hung her out to dry, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so, yeah, so pretty much... Uh, uh, so do we want to talk about the very end the of very, the film? The very end, yes. Yes, like like the last death in the film, mm-hmm. which, uh, uh, yeah, has caused a lot of, I think, upset with people. Uh, so, Karen, yes, uh, Laurie Strode's daughter... After a really beautiful and brave act trying to save the person who was not Michael Myers, but Mm -hmm. was being, you know, an angry mob was after. After that really, like, really intense scene and really strong act from her, Mm -hmm. um, she then just fell in with the bad crowd mm-hmm. she she just you know and it was um it was disappointing you know i watched when she she arrived at the house mm-hmm. where lonnie and the two 17 year olds that he brought along with him were mm-hmm. you know it, and as they were being killed and dispatched by michael myers uh you know one at a time and she arrived and it was great. It was this great scene. It was like, oh my goodness, this is so good. And she did this. <sighs> and yes, maybe she's kind of becoming the Laurie Strode. And she sort of taunted Michael with his with his mask by taking it off. And he mm-hmm. was, you know, going after. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then she just kind of kept going. And I was like, I, did, why didn't she have a better plan than this? And then we got to what was the plan. And I was just like, hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You also deserve to die. Yep. And then and then the morality play that is that is horror films. Mm-hmm. You know, that sets out the beginning. The if you take this action or if you're this kind of person, you die. And if you aren't, then you don't. 
the morality play did exactly what the morality play was supposed to do, and mm. she died, mm-hmm. and she deserved it. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm I'm not okay with the fact that she took the action that meant she deserved to die. But I was like, no, 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 I'm okay with her dying because she deserved to. She she went. Okay. Never go upstairs. Um, <laughs> especially not in the Myers house. Um, because by that time she knew that that was Michael Myers' house. It was his home. And she went upstairs. And he yeah, came... I'm not so. I'm not the <laughs> the not going upstairs thing is not to me a hard and fast rule. Right. It's but... it's broken pretty constantly by by horror films. Mm-hmm. But it was the you <sighs> broke the moral code. Yep. You die. Yep. So you became part of the angry mob. And, and we get the uh, you know we get the the Laurie Strode voiceover along with it. Uh, ba- basically, you know that he you know he he feeds off of the anger. You know f- that feeds off the anger and the the uh, 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 the hatred of the people. Yeah, I am. I I will say that is the most disappointing thing about mm-hmm. this film. Was the fact that they felt they needed mm. to handhold us through the message <laughs> by having Lori deliver it through narration? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like you know, yeah. you almost got it like right. You almost got this whole film perfect, even though I hated it. <laughs> um, and then what? <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, he is, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a kind of obscure. Uh, new series Doctor Who reference, but he's kind of a slab then, isn't he? Uh, if you remember back to one of uh, Martha, jo- I think it was Martha Jones' first episode where the hospital is taken to the moon. I don't know if you remember that. I don't watch Doctor Who, okay. so. Well, somebody out there listening will, uh, will, will kind of understand this, but uh, Michael Myers is basically a slab. He's, uh, you know, just an animated piece of, you know, just an animated shell then is the way they're describing him. Just feeds off of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whereas I will say that Michael Myers is the personification of fear. Uh, And not fear like he is. We are supposed to be scared of him. He's the personification of fear our own fear Hmm. human beings have fears Mm -hmm. and when a human is scared they lash out in anger and it it creates this really negative feedback of emotions which does not fix the fear it doesn't it just feeds it so and this is where i come to the i'm really intrigued to see what halloween ends is going to be because they're really setting this up very well to actually talk about how do you get past trauma? How do you get past fear? How do you get past anger? And it is through love. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you make a horror film about that. <laughs> so I don't know what Halloween Ends is going to be like because they have done such a great job. You know, as a person who has dealt personally with anger management issues, mm-hmm. um, 
I have really had to deal and understand and and work through how to accept things that would make me angry mm-hmm. so that they don't make me angry, right? I really had to understand how to accept responsibility for my emotions. It doesn't matter what the other person said or did, whether they were right or wrong. Mm-hmm. My emotions, I am in control of. I can own, like, my reaction is my reaction. It has nothing to do with the other person. So it does not matter what Michael Myers has ever done. Every individual person's reaction to him, it, they are the, the responsible person for it. So every single one of those angry mob, they are the perpetrator of, the, of being an angry mob. It's not Michael Myers' fault mm-hmm. that they are all trying to kill him. It, do, it doesn't matter that he killed people and maybe he rightly deserves to, to, to die. But Tommy Doyle <laughs> is the person who has let all of those emotions drive him that are feeding him and making him a worse person. Right. I, I so. Absolutely. Uh, I don't he, know. I don't know how you end this horror trilogy when this is your thesis. Yeah, <laughs> and they they must you know they must know how they're going to. They're just not saying anything. Uh, you know, obviously not. You know, you want to make the movie, and apparently it isn't. You know, it's it's already been in production uh, because it comes out next year. Mm-hmm. It comes out 364 days after this one came out. Because this one came out on October I will 15th. be in the theater. Yep. I will be uh, wherever I can watch it. Uh, eventually. <laughs> um, I, I'm kind of hoping they do the streaming thing again. Because uh, I, I, I did enjoy that. Uh, being able to sit on my couch and watch a horror movie in my living room while drinking a beer. And I didn't have to worry about people around me. Um, yeah, so. I, I have watched a few films that way on VOD, but I am glad to be able to go back to the theater. Mm. Um, I'm I'm a fan of the theater experience. I I honestly am not. Um, I I really I've never been a major fan of the of, of the theater experience. That's just me. I will say I go to the first matinee on Saturdays, mm-hmm. so I'm usually fairly by myself. And my favorite seat is um, uh, in in sort of the like the stadium style seating that we have now. Mm-hmm. My favorite seat is in the second row of the the majority of the seating, right behind where the um, open spots are for for people who uh, have wheeled mobility devices. You you and me so both. So I'm like, yeah, I am like down in front. I never, I've never had to worry about people sitting in the seat I want to sit in because right. nobody wants to sit there. So, you know, now of course you buy your ticket and you choose your seat ahead right. of time anyways, but <laughs> I am always by myself. The closest people to me are usually at least three seats behind me. Uh, so let's see. Um, so Halloween 2018, we, we both just watched this prior to, uh, recording. Um, 
Uh, I was going to say something. I can't remember what I was going to say now. Um, uh, 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 let's see. I mean, we've already talked a lot about uh, pretty much all the movies except for one. Well, actually, for except for a couple, um, one of which I never saw before. Uh, I, I have not. I never saw Halloween Resurrection, which uh, looking at the. You know, look, looking at the rankings of the Halloween movies, this one is always at the bottom. And I, it is so damn fun, though. I, I it ha- is I the do most have to, fun you're I, ever going to have watching a Halloween movie. I do have to watch it, and it's, it's only Buster after Rhymes. it's it's only after reading uh, in the synopsis that the movie ends with Buster Rhymes and Michael Myers having a kung fu fight. <laughs> Yes, like... honest to God. I will also say, um, so a, a an actor from Guelph is also in this film. Hmm. And Katie Sackoff, this was her first uh, film ever. So Katie Sackoff of Battlestar Galactica yes. fame and probably other things. But really, to me, hmm. she's always Starbuck. And uh, I recently watched a video of Katie Sackoff watching Resurrection, reacting to it, <laughs> um, which was incredible because one, she's like, I've never actually seen this film. I don't watch horror movies. I am such a wimp. And then the other is so often as she's watching it going, what am I doing? Oh my God. That is me pretending to be. And like, she'll name a friend of hers that she was, you know, friends with at the time. That's just me acting like so-and-so. I feel like I need to like call that person and apologize. And I totally just ripped them off to do this. She's making fun. Like, I just, I can't imagine that sort of, um, yeah, having that kind of experience where you sort of watch a film that you did 20 years later and go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is it is so fun. And it does suck, of course, that even they even brought Jamie Lee Curtis back for it simply mm-hmm. to kill her in like moments. Right. But the rest of the film, it is. Yeah, honest, honestly, it is a great like Saturday afternoon, <laughs> Sunday afternoon. I just want like. A cheesy, ridiculous, stupid horror film that does not matter. Halloween Resurrections here, your best bet. So, and I like I knew I knew the reason for it like pretty quickly after H two O. So H two O came out in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Resurrection came out in two thousand two, and somewhere in between there, I had heard that. You know the the whole the whole premise to resurrection is that Michael Myers was not the uh, so, sometime so, sometime from the time he was put in the ambulance and to when the ambulance crashed, Michael Myers figured <laughs> out how to he 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 managed to strip naked uh the you know himself and a paramedic and put the paramedic into his uh his coverall that he wears and the mask and get out of the ambulance before you know the ambulance crashed okay (laughs) if hannibal lecter can do it in silence of the lambs michael myers can do it in halloween resurrection um, that's how that's how Hannibal Lecter gets away. He pretends to be the alma or the dead or the actually no yeah. the dead. He pretends to be the dead guard in his own jail cell. Um. Yeah, but 
he had a lot more time to prepare, not, you know, in a moving, you know, in a very confined moving space, you know, moving vehicle. So. Uh, I'm okay with it. I, I buy it. I buy everything about resurrection. I'll, I'll suspend. I'll suspend reality for that. Um, Listen, sometimes you just want to watch a B movie mm-hmm. and have it have Michael Myers in it. Uh, or you want to watch, or you want to watch a B movie that doesn't have Michael Myers, but is still called Halloween, and is a damn good movie. Yeah, you there's know nothing what I'm talking B about. About Halloween three, Halloween three, season of the witch. I'll, I, I've known so many people who said I hate that movie because you know it's it's not part of the canon. It's like, no, but it's a really good story. I I love the story. It's it, I I love a good sci-fi uh, horror. I mean, it, I mean, and I think this one qualifies as sci-fi in a way. I mean, you're using a TV signal to turn everyone to bugs. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I just, I got to watch it again because I can't quite remember the reason why. <laughs> um, There was a cult involved in this one too, some sort of pagan cult. I mean, Halloween 3 qualifies as folk horror as, so, as far as I'm concerned. Right there's a yeah. there's a religious like pagan cult. There's a catchy song, which every folk horror has a catchy song in it. Or seven, mm-hmm. it's basically like watching Ren fairs. <laughs> oh, I did not know this. Uh, let's see. The voice of the curfew announcer in Halloween Three is Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. The, good for her. The voice of the telephone service provider. And was there scenes from uh, Halloween in the... Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's a lot of scenes where you see the TV and then it would like go to a commercial break and it, it um, oh, you know, right. has the, advertising the shamrock. The movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Because it was going to mm. like play later that night or something mm. like that. And so, or they were watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Five more days till Halloween, 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 Halloween. Five... Halloween. It's great. It's great. Halloween three is a very good film. Oh my and god! I think it is. It, it anybody... is class. It is classic Carpenter. Hmm. It, it's very. I mean, it is very much to me. It's very much like they live. Um, you know, it, it's just that kind of. It, it's surreal in so many ways. I don't know if that's the right word to choose, but I mean, it's just, it just has that, you know, he has a feel to his movies. Yeah. And he also, yeah. looked... I will say I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I really like it because of the director. So the director is Tommy Lee Wallace, who most people, particularly in my age category, know as the director of the It miniseries that was on TV mm. in the 90s. Um, but he was also, uh, you know, had worked with Carpenter a lot on a, a number of films and, um, you know, has has done quite a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, he did Fright Night Part 2. Been a while since I've seen the Fright Night movies. I definitely <laughs> recommend going back to the the first one, the original. Yeah, I definitely I got to watch. I got to I got to go back and watch I need a good source of horror movies. I mean, I I honestly Have you considered Shudder? Shudder. Yeah, it's a horror streaming service. Ooh. Costs about $5 a month. Ooh. It is basically what I I mean, it's like my number one Anybody who follows me knows I watch a lot of horror. Therefore, I watch a lot of Shudder. And John Carpenter wrote the theme song to Shudder. (laughs) Every film starts with a little like the Shudder sort of logo. And then there's a a bit of sound to it that's Hmm. by John Carpenter. Cool. Oh, I will have to look into this. I, I'm looking at the website right now. It S- is amazing. Seven days free. I could watch. I could watch a lot of horror movies in seven days. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I can. Some I watch often as many as three a day because <laughs> I have a problem. Um, I have a job. Uh- <laughs> I have a job that I work from home. So the TV can I, be on while I'm working. Lucky you. I, I don't have that. But I also have a job where I decide to stop. And when I stop, then I put things on. There's like, there's many hours of evening. Uh, so, yeah, I am, I'm looking at this now. And uh, this might be a seven-day trial at least. Um, I wish I could see more of a catalog, but I, I, I will yeah, have to you look have in. a much better catalog than I do in Canada. <laughs> and my Canadian catalog is, is pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. I can watch Bride of Reanimator, I can watch Phenomena, I can watch a bunch of Giallo films, Stereo Argento films, I can watch Night of the Demons, that one's waiting for me. So, so I What am a... I doing talking to you? I could be watching a horror movie right yeah, now. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at um, well, wa- watching Halloween Kills, and then of course watching the first the the first of the new Halloweens. Um, are are they turning Michael Myers into a universal monster? Because uh, here the film has been distributed by Universal, who of course owns the rights to Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, the Werewolf, you know, all the classics. And now they pretty much have Halloween. At least, uh, well, at least the new ones. Intriguing. Yes. It's certainly going to be better than the Universal Monster <laughs> reboot they tried. Yeah. <sighs> so. So, question. What is your prediction for Halloween Ends? Well, what I'd like to see <laughs> um, is not going to make a very good movie. Uh, so what I predict, uh, Laurie Strode is definitely going to die mm-hmm. while killing Michael. They must die together. Yep. Um, even though we spent all of Halloween uh, kills, um, 
talking about how uh, it it isn't about Lori. Like Michael Myers is just he's just a, a monster. He just kills things mm-hmm. for fun. Uh, and Lori just happened to be in his way the first time. And then the the doctor thought that it had something to do, but it really doesn't have anything to do with Lori. However. Mm-hmm. It's also very set up that the story is about Laurie. So the only way that Laurie finds peace is by dying while killing Michael Myers. I I have to agree with uh, that. Yeah. I do think that... Um, uh, I, I don't want to see Allison survive the last film. Like the Halloween ends. I think... She needs to die just because, mm-hmm. uh, unless she learns a really big lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, now she didn't really. I mean, she did take part in the in the mob, but I think that there is also, at least in her case, just a little bit more understanding because she was so freshly mm-hmm. <laughs> traumatized. Like she, this wasn't like years of whatever. Right. This was like. Uh, I was just facing my fear and, and, or like my, like fear just showed up here and now I need to face it. And this was her trying to face it. Um, I think that she needs to learn better how to face her fear before she can, if she's to survive Halloween ends. So the character that she is now, I don't think should survive, but it's possible she can learn, you know, maybe she's the person who does learn how to deal with trauma and tries to help her grandmother actually figure it out. Right. So then in the end, Laura and Michael can die together. The, so my, my prediction, you know, it's similar to that. Uh, I think uh, Laurie Strode and Michael Myers are both going to die. I hope, I really hope that, David Gordon Green, John Carpenter, everyone involved with this movie makes it so utterly unambiguous that Michael Myers is dead. Like, to where let's let's at least do away with sequels. To the you know no mm-hmm. no uh, no unauthorized sequels to this movie. <laughs> Don't leave an opening. I know that goes against everything John Carpenter stands for, but don't leave an opening. I think he's wanted. I I honestly think he wanted to kill Michael before he even created him. Uh, he he did not want anything to do with Halloween two because his idea was. That was a standalone movie. Season of the Witch was going to be a standalone, you know, it was a standalone movie. He was going to do a string of just Halloween anthologies, you know, like every two years or maybe every year. I don't know. Um, he certainly would have had the financing for it to do every year. But no, I just, I hope they just you know no question michael's dead yeah well it's the only real way to end laurie strode's story mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I believe that they care about Laurie Strode. <laughs> this whole series is about her. Um, so the only way to truly end Laurie Strode's story with her winning, even <laughs> even though she dies, which I believe she will, oh, yeah. is through the death of Michael Myers. Um. I I honestly think there you know there there is no way she gets out of this and survives. Um, primarily and you know not 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 for any major you know revelation except that she actually says <laughs> she actually says it in in Halloween Kills that you know she she'll have to die with him. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Uh, you know, no, no, you know, in, in yeah. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> it was much more flowery, ridiculous yeah. language that she used. Mm-hmm. Although I do... let, let him die as, or let me die as I take his head or something mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, I, I liked her far more in 20, in the 2018 movie than I did in this one. Um, I think, especially at the beginning with the podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> she, she treated the podcasters the way I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It does suck that she didn't get as much time in this film. Mm-hmm. But it was also important that she did not break the moral code. Right. Oh, yeah. So... I, I think there we have it. Um, my my only so my only other comment uh, about I would say uh, and, and we talked about of course we talked about the uh, the the other Halloween movies uh, the Rob Zombie one. My own my biggest problem with the first one is the fact that he gave Michael an excuse when he shouldn't have had one. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? The, like the, Right. The the whole idea of Michael Myers in the 1978 Halloween is that he is the embodiment of pure evil. There's no rhyme or reason, there's nothing. He is just pure evil. Yeah, and the the thing is is that Rob Zombie cared more about Michael Myers than he did about his victims, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm, that's not a it's not a value judgment uh, whatsoever, and I think that it is important in real life for people to care about the perpetrators of violence to to understand um, and understand them because they are humans just like us, and they deserve to be treated as humans either way. But yeah, Rob Zombie comes to horror. Um, from a more typical fashion where people who uh, deride horror and say that like it's it's horrible and you people are awful because you people are all rooting for the bad guy, mm-hmm. which is actually not really the case with the best horror films and most horror um, horror fans. Like there are times, there are certain movies, yeah, where obviously we root for the bad guy because the horror film is just like it's it's not. Um, it's not doing what horror does best, which is reflect back our own values. Right. Uh, but where where Halloween does actually 
you know, sort of do the good uh, parts of, of horror, what Rob Zombie loves most about the Halloween series is Michael Myers, mm-hmm. not the other parts. And so he made a film about the bad guy. And I really liked it. I thought it was very interesting. Um, and I think, like I said, I think it's really important for us to look at why. Why do people do these things? How do people end up this way? Because the only way, as I'll come back to, the only way that we, as a as humans, survive trauma and not pass it on to other people and start create this like intergenerational trauma is through love. So I'm okay with Rob Zombie loving Michael Myers and wanting to tell a story about who Michael Myers is, how he became this way, and try to understand that because the there has to be people who will look at people who who do these horrible things with that love to hopefully help them get to a place where they are no longer that horrible person. Good point. So again, this is why I love <laughs> horror films. To me, horror films, like, Roger Ebert can shit on them as much as he likes and blah, 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 and it's exploitation and it's sexism and it's all this stuff but it's not and i will go toe-to-toe i mean i won't go toe-to-toe with roger ebert sadly unfortunately um (laughs) but any of these people who just think that it's a trash genre mm -hmm. don't understand what they're talking about period (laughs) yeah and that's how i really feel about it (laughs) (laughs) um by the way, I believe Halloween, the first Halloween, uh, Roger Ebert gave it thumbs up. I think that was... <laughs> like I, the 78 Halloween? 78 Halloween. I, I believe he gave it a thumbs up. I, I, If I'm right, I read it. I read something about it, and he loved the movie. So... Yeah. He thought it was very well done. Um, Siskel was not very keen on horror films oh God, either. No. I think Siskel was probably... Gene Siskel was even more of a hater of horror films Mm -hmm. um so all right i want to i just want to test your uh halloween knowledge kind kind of a deep kind of a deep cut here in the original 78 when when linda you know gets pj souls pj souls uh who is also in rock and roll high school um when apparently Bob opens the door with the sheet and the glasses, mm-hmm. uh, she gets up and she puts on a blouse. Whose blouse is it? Interesting. And so will... they are in um, uh, uh, Lindsay's yes, house. They're... Yep. Uh, and it could be her her girlfriend's blouse because she had to get changed because she spilt something on herself which is why she was walking around with no pants on for the whole film so let's see have you ever watched halloween on tv back in the early days when you know you didn't have cable or you know another way to watch it i i don't think so i think we owned the vhs from like (laughs) 
my first memory of this film. <laughs> so if you watch extra features, you will see a section called network footage. There is a scene where Linda uh, comes over to Lori's house as she's on her way home from school mm-hmm. because somebody was following her. And when she finally calms down, she asks Lori if she could borrow uh, that one blouse for her date tonight. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Um, so I will say that is 100% Deborah Hill's addition. Hmm. Deborah Hill dealt with all of the, the dialogue mm-hmm. between the three girls. Yes. All of it. Um, yeah. And that is why they seemed like real people and they seemed like real friends. Mm -hmm. And I will say that in Halloween 2018, I don't believe like all of those kids are too cool for school. They don't like each other. They don't have anything in common. They're typical like cannon fodder for Mm -hmm. a horror film. And in Halloween 1978, those three girls were not. Yeah, even though it's still sort of weird because the two of them, um, uh, Annie, the sheriff's daughter, and Linda, are obviously um, more like outgoing and mm-hmm. sort of popular. You know, they have sex and they have boyfriends, and Lori is the quiet, sort of mousy. You mm-hmm. know, she does well in school. She's like, oh no, I forgot all of my like school books. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, who cares? <laughs> um, so there's sort of a question about whether or not they they would be friends, but they could have been friends since they were like in like 12 years old. Right. And this is them still like they're still trying to be friends in high school, even though they're kind of they don't have as much in common anymore. Right. But yes, Deborah Hill was the unsung hero of many of John Carpenter's films. Um. There, there is another scene uh, in the network footage, and when, um, when Annie calls her on the phone in the version that you've seen, you know the 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 standard mm-hmm. version. Uh, yeah, she like at first she's like, or no, I'm sorry, when I'm sorry, when Linda calls her after that, you know, uh, when Michael's strangling her. And she go, you know, mm-hmm. um, she goes, is this one, of, is this another one of your prank phone calls, Annie? Um, that is because earlier in the network footage, Annie had called her while eating a sandwich mm-hmm. and like, you know, she's on the phone, you know, and, you know, Lori's like, hello. And, you know, and she's like all paranoid and stuff because she keeps seeing this the shape um and she like hangs up the phone real quick and then the phone rings again and annie goes i was making a sandwich why'd you hang up yeah so So, that scene is in the version that i have on my dvd i couldn't remember uh, because it's right after she looks out the back window or like the the window in her bedroom that looks out the back and sees michael in the the sheets it, it's and then the phone rings years. and she jumps it's yeah the phone rings years. she jumps she looks again mm-hmm. yeah and he's gone now now you're seeing men behind yeah. bushes <laughs> yeah. um ah uh, so anyway 
Uh, we've we've gone over an hour and a half here. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, we are talking about certainly nine movies mm-hmm. with a sidebar into two others. Mm-hmm. Two others, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I've never seen. I've not seen Rob Zombie's Halloween two, and I've not seen Halloween Resurrection. So. One of those. One of those should. Yeah, I, only I one should, of those you have to watch. I should watch Resurrection just because Buster Rhymes Kung Fu fighting. I mean, <laughs> yep, you can't go wrong. I, I I read that and I immediately just okay. I I have to watch this now. Anyway, Candace, thank you, thank you for, thank you for indulging <laughs> my horror movie sweet tooth over here. You never have to ask me twice to talk about horror movies. Well, we should do this again sometime. Sometimes you don't even have to ask me once. <laughs> we we should do this again sometime, possibly with Nightmare on Elm Street. I haven't seen this. I, I haven't watched all of them in ages. Uh, I should do that eventually here. Mm. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I can't. Can't even describe the crush I have on Robert Englund. It's really, it's really a problem. Now I've never, I've never seen like the remake. So, mm. uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Is, is it, is it, is it not Mm-mm. worth seeing? <laughs> Correct. Okay. <laughs> so, in other words, don't watch it. Yeah, you know, I had a. I, you I, don't have to. I, I had a feeling like seeing the the trailer for it. He just he didn't have the same, I would say, charisma as Robert Englund, which yeah. I think is what yeah. makes it's, Nightmare on Elm Street so good. Yeah, it is a shame because Jackie Earl Haley is <laughs> great. He's so great, but. Uh, I don't think it was his fault. I think it was a lot of other problems with the film. <laughs> he did the best he could, man. What's that? He did the best he could. He was handed a pile of trash and he did the best he could. Uh, Candace, tell people, you know, where they can find you if they can find you anywhere. Yeah, you could find me everywhere on the internet at Sin48, that's C-I-N-N-4-8. Um, and if you want to hear me talk about other horror films, I'm on uh, End Credits Radio uh, fairly regularly every few weeks. And uh, somehow I just seem to always manage to suggest a horror film for us to watch. That's a movie review show that we do. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of the resident horror person there. And then... Uh, Apparently, if you want to hear me talk about horror books, because I do that too, uh, over on the Village podcast uh, from Bookshelf, which is a store here in Guelph that sells books and uh, airs movies and pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID also has a a sort of live venue where maybe we'll see music played live again one day. I don't know. One of these days. I'm on there. Uh, I'm rereading all of Stephen King's books chronologically. I started in June of 2019, uh, which was a few years ago, and I have uh, just sort of cracked the 1990s of his books. So um, I got a lot more to go. <laughs> Excellent. A lot. 
Uh, by the way, an IMDb. Oh, I can't do it. But I was gonna rate Halloween Kills as a seven. Um, but they want me to sign in, and I don't have an account. Um, excellent. Uh, you can find me at Alien CG on the Twitter. You could find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Uh, and and if you miss the In Search of series, look up on the Podcatcher of Choice. The Turtle Stash Cast. Yes, I had to rename it because Apple wouldn't approve it. Um, it's spelled just like it sounds. Uh, that's S-T-A-C-H-E, by the way. Um, and I am just uh, reposting all our episodes, uh, all six seasons of In Search Of that we reviewed uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday now for... You know, till till they're all up. So I think that'll be about May that they're all up. So anyway, folks, uh, Candace, once again, thank you for being here. And uh, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye bye. <laughs>